0: Good evening, everyone out there in wrestling land. I am your host, Archie Mitchell, and this is If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking. Most importantly, it is the 43rd episode, If You Smell What the Arch is Cooking, for the week of uh, Tuesday the 8th till Friday the 13th. Um, And ladies and gentlemen, we had a jam-packed week this week, coming into both NXT, AEW Dynamite, and AEW Dark um a lot was going on a lot of action a lot of title matches and a few title changes that were a little bit unforeseen and not something anyone was expecting um i i do want to make a quick um re, you know go back for a second i made a mistake uh it, it we are here for the week of march uh 8th tuesday till friday the 11th Um, So I do apologize about the uh, faux pas with the date. It happens sometimes, ladies and gentlemen. You do so many of these things, you forget what time you're doing them at. But without any further ado, go ahead and feel free to pop open your favorite frosty beverage and listen to me spew my venom, my hate, and my love for the world of professional wrestling as we get into some quick hits. Quick hit number one, Kevin Owens calls out Stone Cold Steve Austin on Monday Night Raw. For WrestleMania, Uh, Owens and Rollins were trying to become the uh, WWE Raw World Tag Team Champions in order to have a match set for WrestleMania. They did, however, lose the opportunity and rated RK Bro 1 to gold. This left Owens and Rollins without a match. Later on in the evening on Monday Night Raw, Kevin Owens came out and challenged uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Now, he said on more than one occasion... This is for a match. No, this is for an episode of KO Show. No one is was really sure at first, but it has now come to light that this will only be an episode of the KO Show at WrestleMania. And I'll be honest with you, I am very happy about this. There is no reason for Stone Cold Steve Austin to get into the ring with anyone. I don't care how safe they are, how much of a legacy or time they've put into this business if steve austin gets injured then that is for no reason and it doesn't matter what the payday was you're putting someone at risk of getting injured because they have not been in the ring for so long does that mean that i don't think that the rattlesnake can still go no i think that he's still got a lot in the tank and can still probably kick my ass if not a whole bunch of other people on the wwe roster's ass But in any case, I'm happy to hear that this is a KO show, an interview. I'm sure these two are going to get into each other's face. I'm more than sure that we're going to see them share a beer. And I'm sure that we will see Steve Austin kicking KO in the gut and hitting a stone cold stunner. Quick hit number two, Pete Dunne promoted to the main roster on SmackDown on Friday night and has had his name changed to Butch. What the fuck? This man has been in the company for over five years on NXT and many years in NXT UK. What was the longest reigning NXT UK champion up until Walter had an incredible match with Walter. has had matches with Adam Cole, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. You name it, he's wrestled them. And you bring him to the main roster. You put him with Sheamus and Ridge Holland, which is not a bad tag team. And it makes them free and even better stable. But you rename this guy Butch. That has to be the stupidest thing I've ever heard. I'm more than sure that this is why Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly left uh, the WWE and NXT before they even got thought of being called up to the main roster because of stupid names and decisions like this. Um, I have to say, I think that the name change is ridiculous. I think that if they were going to change his name, it should have just been to Dunn uh, or something maybe to match Ridge Holland and Seamus, in order to give them that that international UK vibe. Butch is just a generic name to me. It's like someone threw a dart at the board and went, hey, you know what, Pete? Before you step into any interviews, you're now known as Butch. Go make me money. Absolute bullshit, in my opinion. Keep the man with what the name that he has. Let him, you know, still be the same bruiser weight that he always is. It's just utterly ridiculous to me with the the way the WWE is doing business lately. And quick hit number three, Big E suffers a broken neck Friday night on SmackDown in a tag match. Uh, They were taking on, obviously, Sheamus and Ridge Holland. It was uh, Big E and Kofi Kingston. There was apparently a timing issue with the move that uh, Ridge was trying to pull off on Big E. Biggie landed awkwardly, thus breaking his neck. Um, when it happened, Biggie gave the thumbs up as they stretched him out of the arena, and that made us all feel a lot better. Uh, and then he released a uh, tweet a little while later of himself in a neck brace and not sure how long he'd be out or what was going to happen. Comes out today, the light finally comes, and we find out what's going on. He is not going to need surgery. There is no nerve damage. He will just need about six months of rehabilitation time and to get his neck strong again to once again come back and compete i thank god for that i am so happy to hear that biggie is okay he is still in my prayers though and we wish him the absolute best here from the if you smell with the arches cooking family uh it was a scary sight to see uh, i have not seen a singer like that in quite some time um especially since it was just him being dropped on his neck and not it actually being done with a wrestler underneath him to maybe brace the fall a little bit so it's good to hear that he's going to be all right and that we will see him back in the ring in about a half a year, year or so. Sucks that he's going to miss WrestleMania after all that he's went through this year in being the WWE champion at one point And in actually having a great run until they decided to Brock Lesnar him. Um, and I just I wish him a speedy recovery. And I hope that when he comes back, he gets a true push like he definitely deserves. So. That will do it for the quick hits this evening. And move us along into our first show review, and that is NXT 2.0. Great opening vignette for tonight's NXT title triple threat match between Tommaso Ciampa, Dolph Ziggler, and Braun Breaker. Ra- we go to the ring for our first Women's Dusty Cup semifinals, where it is Jade, Core Jade, and uh, Raquel Gonzalez taking on Dakota Kai. And Wendy Cho, you got the serious tag team versus the more comical odd couple tag team going on here. First few minutes of this match was a little sloppy. It looked like neither of these teams knew what they were, what was going on or what they should be doing. Cho and Kai finally began to show some killer instinct. Toxic Attraction attacked Gonzalez and gave Kai and uh, Cho um, the uh, you know even more of an edge than they kind of already had, leaving Raquel to fight on one leg. Kai and Cho. Uh, hit an incredible double-team flying finisher and picked up an unexpected win here. Um, really good opening match. Uh, probably one of only three really good matches on the whole card here tonight. And it was it was odd to see them go over and make it to the finals over Dakota Kai and Cora Jade because that's been the storyline of this entire Female Dusty Cup. Tommaso Ciampa delivers his promo, directed at Dolph Ziggler and Braun Breaker for later on this evening. We then come to find out that the Creed Brothers were laid out on the outside of the arena floor, and now we have to know who's done it. You know, It had to be Imperium, right? It could have, definitely could have been anybody on the roster, though, since the Creed Brothers had a tag team title shot tonight. Tiffany Stratton took on Henley. This was a quick one that saw Soraya attack Tiffany from behind. Henley showed off some uh, skill and hit a Shining Wizard, picked up the win, and then Henley was carried to the back. Uh, and celebrating with Briggs and Jensen. So I guess they're maybe giving up on the Tiffany Stratton character as getting such a big push, or this is just their way of introducing her into her full-time feud with Soraya. We then shift to Chase University, uh, that skit that goes on backstage in the school, uh, you know, school uh, teacher's room where Andre Chis uh, talks to his students, and he's blaming everyone for his loss to Harlan last week. Uh, well, everyone but Bodie. Bodie's got a puffed-out eye and looks like he's just been destroyed. Uh, we get another barbershop skit from Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. This is getting a little repetitive. I think Melo should be different and better. These barbershop you know, skits are just too comical. Show me a strong, uh, a straight, uh, serious Carmelo Hayes, and you can't miss, like Kid says. Another episode of Lashing Out with Last Legend. And I fast forward through it. And no thank you, I'm not watching that yet. Imperium tell McKenzie they had nothing to do with the Creed Brothers' beatdown. MSK walk in and say if the Creed's can't go, they'll take the shot and get back their tag team titles. Jensen and Briggs bicker back and forth with Legato Del Fantasma about who took out the Creed Brothers. There's been too many backstage segments so far. We had three segments that were these skits, uh, uh, you know, lashing out. Uh, the barbershop and, uh, you know, uh, uh, the Andre uh, uh, Chase University. And now we're just backstage talking to the wrestlers. Where's the action? <laughs> Thank God we get to our back, back to the ring. It's LA Knight taking on Grayson Waller in a uh, last man standing match. LA Knight beat down Waller the entire match. He even handcuffed Senga to the ring post. Knight sent Waller through a table, but Waller was able to get up before the 10 count. Waller came crashing down onto Knight, who was sitting on the announce table. Waller met the 10 count before Knight could. He picks up the win and is the last man standing. Really good match there. Braun Breaker cuts a promo backstage, talks about being the hardest worker in NXT, and that he will be keeping his title tonight. I sure do hope so, kid. And we go to Kylie Ray and uh, Io Shirai, taking on uh, Casey and uh, Carter, Casey Carter. And uh, Casey Caterizano and Caden Carter. Um, this was a great match, actually. Both teams brought everything to the table. Caden and Casey showed a um, huge improvement, and that double-team Poison Rana was sick-looking, I have to say. Uh, Ray finally tagged in Sarai, and Eo fought back, got the pin on Casey after the moonsault, and helps her team advance. And it will now be Eo Shirai, Kaylee Ray, taking on Dakota Kai and Wendy Cho. Um I like both teams. One is more obviously more comical. The other one is more serious. Uh, I kind of hope that it's Kaylee Ray and Io Shirai. They were my pick before this thing ever started. But you never know. Maybe Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu is the way that they're looking to go. Post match, Cora Jade attacked Mandy Rose in the Doxic Lounge. I'm guessing this will lead to Cora Jade getting a one on one title match for the NXT Women's Title. Parada and Indy Hartwell battle argue backstage. And apparently they'll do battle next week to find out who the better woman is because each say that they carry their tag team while the other was just off busy doing nothing. Imperium takes on MSK for the NXT World Tag Team titles because the Creed's cannot go. Um, This started out as a great match that showed off some innovative tag action from MSK. Imperium took over with sheer power, but then the Creed brothers at the ring caused the double DQ, and they just destroyed everyone. Imperium, MSK you name it, the Creed Brothers on one arm and a bad back destroyed everybody that they could in the ring. Harlan and Joe Gacy try to convince Draco to uh, join them one more time, but Zion walks in and backs him up, tells him they don't doesn't need to listen to them, he's, there, he's his own man. I guess Zion is the guy who's going to go against every bad guy in NXT as this superhero type, I'm not sure. Ziggler then psychs himself up backstage just to hit his music, the good one, and it's time for our main event. Braun Breaker, Dolph Ziggler, Tommaso Ciampa, NXT World Heavyweight title match. And this was as perfect of a triple threat match as you can get, ladies and gentlemen. Each competitor got a chance to show off and get the crowd behind them. Ciampa proved why he's the heart and soul of NXT. Breaker showed why he's been pushed since his debut. And in the end, Robert Roode interfered, caused a distraction, allowed Ziggler to hit a super kick on Ciampa, and your winner and knew. NXT champion, Dolph Ziggler. I was not a fan of this title change. I think the show was too promo heavy with only a couple of good matches. Giving it a three out of five, uh, give it a C. Uh, that's passing, yes, but not really a great show. Um, if you fast forward through all the skits and get down to the actual wrestling, there were, like I said, great matches. Way too many skits, way too many backstage promos. It just it, It's all way too kiddy right now, again, in NXT land. <laughs> I hope with Stand and Deliver coming up, we're going to get to a better, stronger NXT 2.0 again, but we'll see. Moving on to AEW Dynamite, and we get opened up with this week's show with Chris Jericho coming out to the ring and talking about his matchup with Eddie Kingston at AEW Revolution. Jericho said that he did not shake Eddie Kingston's hand as he promised, and he wants to go ahead and do so. So Jericho really had me going, and then all of a sudden, in hits 2.0, they're beating down um, Kingston and just kind of pushing Jericho down. Here comes uh, Santana and Ortiz, but then Jericho, with the turn of the century, helps 2.0 and Dana Garcia beat down Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz jericho gets a new group uh but whoever named this new group that jericho appreciation council or whatever they need to be fired that was ridiculous that name is really bad um but i guess we got to wait and see what happens here obviously kingston and uh santana ortiz are going to be going head to head with jericho and his new goon squad uh punk vignette after revolution the match at revolution was incredible but now, where does Penn go from here? In my opinion, within the next couple of months, we will see CM Punk challenging for the world heavyweight title. And why shouldn't he? Daniel Bryan already got a shot, and Adam Cole is now the number one contender. Why shouldn't somebody who came in six months ago and waits a few more months and has battled everybody on the roster get their shot at the title? Hangman Adam Page, speaking of the AEW World Heavyweight Champion, makes his way to the ring to defend his title against Dante Martin. Dante Martin showed why he's become a star in such a short period of time, and Paige Crew, why he's been a fighting champion. Great title match that reminded me a lot of, like, Brett versus One Two Three Kid on Monday Night Raw 30 years ago. Um, it was also great to see Paige put Martin over uh, in the match and after the match, but an incredible reversal into the uh, Hangman Lariat uh, that buckshot clothesline. Hangman Adam Page gets the win. And then he calls Adam pa- uh, Dante Martin back into the ring. And Adam, Cole, uh, Adam Page puts over Dante Martin before Adam Cole comes out and cuts a promo after the match. And it was good. Definitely a highlight. I'm just hoping we aren't going to see the same exact thing that we saw with the build to revolution. Which was six man after six man after six man. And then the occasional Cole beat down page before the title match. It's repetitive. We don't need that. Keep it fresh, AEW. Let these two guys have a match. Let them, you know, have a face-off. There doesn't have to always be a 6-, 8-, or 10-man tag to resolve something in your company. Moxley and Danielson are then led to the ring by William Regal after an incredible one-on-one matchup that they had at uh, Revolution, and Regal coming in and helping them to stop of uh, bickering and fighting. They're in tag team action against the Workhorsemen. Um, this was a one-sided beating, but the way Mox and Danielson worked together was great. Regal's promo afterwards was something you just don't see or hear on wrestling nowadays. It was pure. Regal mentioned his former employees. He mentioned being fired after all these years. He had mentioned being in bad health in the past, not currently, because some... Um, journalist by the name of Dave Meltzer thinks that Regal is sick, and that's why he was talking about you know only having so much time left on the No, Regal, according to himself, is as healthy as he has ever been in his life. Um, I'm glad to see Regal back on TV. He deserves the respect that he's getting, and I think him being there is going to lead Moxley and Danielson to more victories, just like they got tonight on Dynamite. FTR, backstage. Talking about what's next for them. And then Tully Blanchard gets into the face of uh, Cash Wheeler. And Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler aren't having it. They fire Tully Blanchard. I did not see that coming. Blown away by that one. Uh, so now what? Pogton takes on Wheeler Utah. This was a good match, but it was another squash match. Second in a row. Uh Also not to mention Malachi Black and his House of Black did not get involved. So it did nothing to push the current feud between Bach and Penta and the House of Black. You know, where's the continuancy? Where's the, you know, constantness here? I just don't get it. Backstage segment with Adam Cole, the Bucks, and Red Dragon. It was just, I don't know, kind of like five high school kids bickering in a locker room. Cole walked off in a huff because the, you know, Bucks don't want to team with him when it pertains to Adam Page. Uh, and, and, you know, Red Dragon's calling them names. It's ridiculous. (laughs) The Adam Cole factor maybe has worn off a little bit. I like Adam Cole, but I think having him there with both Red Dragon and the Bucks is just way too much. It's overkill, ladies and gentlemen. And then we get the, uh, Matt Hardy-Andrade meeting inside the ring for the, uh, Andrade Hardy house, uh, and home office, uh, group. Um. This was very predictable, in my opinion. The minute these two got together, you knew they were going to blow up. But Jeff Hardy debuting in AEW and making an impact was absolutely incredible. And I guess I wouldn't mind seeing Sting and Darby Allin versus the Hardys down the road. Wardlow then cut a promo regarding his actions towards MJF. So glad to see this youngster finally get a push and get to break out. He is now the face of the revolution. He will either fight Sammy Guevara or Scorpio Sky. I hope he becomes the TNT champion. I think he would do great as the champion, and I would like to kind of see him and Max Feud for his uh, current contract, which MJF holds. Uh, Jurassic Express then defends the uh, AEW World Tag Team titles. Pay attention. This is our second of three title matches here on AEW. Over on NXT, we had three as well. Great night to be a wrestling fan, you know. Week to be a wrestling fan. Title is galore. Very good matchup with the acclaim showing us how they earned their title match. Jurassic Express hit a killer doomsday device and got the win. I was not expecting to see that, but really, really well done by Jungle Boy and uh, Luchasaurus. Jade Cargill de- delivers the Goldberg line of "Who's next?" and asks, "Who's going to step up and receive her kiss of death?" Meet me, please, please. <laughs> Uh, we go to Layla Hirsch taking on Thunder Rosa inside the ring. And it's a nice clash of styles here as we get the speed and of Thunder Rosa against the submission skill of Layla Hirsch. Hirsch was some t- with some tough competition, uh, but Rosa fought hard and picked up the win after her Thunder driver. She is once again the number one contender and will take on Britt Baker for the women's title. Uh, it will actually be inside a steel cage next week during St. Patrick's Day Bash which is one year to the anniversary of them meeting in their Lights Out match, which was unsanctioned. Baker then cuts a promo on the screen backstage and says she's tired of the conspiracy against her in her title reign and says next week she will beat Thunder Rosa again and finally send her to the back of the line of the NXT uh, Women's Division. And now it's time for our main event. With Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky, fast-paced and action-packed in our main event, Guevara got injured early on after he missed a splash to the outside. <coughs> Sky kept control for most of the match and forced Sammy to dig deep, but it was to no avail. Sky hit his TKO out of nowhere, and we have a winner and new TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. <coughs> Post-match beatdown of Guevara continued, but Take Conte tried to stop them. Paige Van Zandt hit the ring and took out Conti uh, and then signed her AEW contract, excuse me, <laughs> AEW contract on uh, Conti's lifeless body. Uh, unbelievable episode of Dynamite after the pay per view uh, we saw last Sunday. Shows me that AEW is firing on all cylinders. couple of soft spouts with the repetitiveness of the squash matches and, you know, the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and Adam Cole, like I talked about. But I give this one a four out of five. It's a can't miss. It's a B plus. Go out of your way to go ahead and see it, ladies and gentlemen, because the action, the title matches, and everything that went on is good in my book. And finally, <coughs> AEW Rampage uh, gets kicked off with Darby Allen and Mark Quinn in a fast paced match that saw Quinn and Allen put their bodies on the line more than once. Uh, Quinn looked for his finisher. But Darby got out of the way, locked in an armbar, and got the win on Rampage to start us off this evening. Uh, We then hear from the new TNT champion, Scorpio Sky. He's here to tell us all, I told you so. But that's okay, because he did. said it, and he backed it up in the ring. Props to him. He deserves to be the TNT champion for now, but I kind of hope Wardlow goes through him like a hot knife through butter. Jamie Hader then takes on Mercedes Martinez, one-on-one, stiff start with chops and right hands, leads to a clothesline for Mercedes. Hayter fought back with a backbreaker and tried to keep Martinez grounded. Britt Baker found her way to the ring and interfered. This allowed Hayter to pick up the win. Nice surprise win for Hayter, she has not really been on the receiving end of a W lately. And then post-match, Baker and company beat down Martinez until Thunder Rosa runs down and makes the save. We then go to pre-recorded comments from the returning Sheeta. She says she hopes Serena has missed her, and she is back to get her revenge. I hope that their feud is a one-and-done now that Sheeta will be back, and we can go on with Sheeta actually having matches with somebody else other than being injured by Serena Deeb, and this kind of takes Serena Deeb off of the, hey, I get to have five-minute matches with nobody's now. It's been long and drawn out. Either give one of them a title match or get them off my television uh we see pre-recorded comments as i said from sheeta and then we go to keith lee taking on qt marshall qt tried to get in some offense but the limitless one was just too much lee used every weapon in his moveset and beat qt marshall in an almost one sided match post-match solo and camarada of the factory tried to attack but lee he put them both down quickly and threw solo out of the ring and on top of marshall ricky starks and bauerhouse hobbs though hit the ring and they took out Keith Lee with a spine buster from Powerhouse Hobbs, leaving him laying. And this is leading to more down the road from Lee and T-Taz. I'm all for it because I think a match between either Taz and uh, between either Lee and uh, Hobbs or Lee and Stark is going to give us a damn great showstopper. Mark Henry then does his split screen and interviews our main eventers. Tony Nese says he doesn't get the attention that Swerve does, but that ends tonight. Strickland says that he and knees nice have a history on Friday nights, and their history of Swerve Scott, uh, Swerve Strickland, always winning will continue. They go to the ring, and it's time for our main event. And this was absolutely a great main event. Both competitors went move for move here. Knees nice hit a suplex. Swerve hit a backbreaker. Knees nice came up. Nice came off the top. Swerve kept him on the uh, kept him on the ground with a sliding drop kick. Nice almost had the match won with a 450 splash, but Swerve kicked out. Swerve connected with a kick to the head, went to the the top and hit a huge double stomp, gets a win on his AEW in-ring debut. Solid show here, well put together, and helped to progress the storylines of Rosa and Baker, Lee and Team Taz, and even reignite the feud of Hida and Deeb. I give Rampage a four out of five out of a four point five out of five. I would have liked the matches to go a little longer, but that was my only complaint. Absolutely great week of television for wrestling and us wrestling fans once again. And now, because I promised it to you guys last week, there was none. This week, I did say that I would have two, and I do. It is time for what grinds my gears. Ladies and gentlemen, number one on my list happens to be the title change of Braun Breaker losing the belt to Dolph Ziggler. I have never really been that huge of a Dolph Ziggler fan. The only time that I popped for this guy is when he cashed in his Money in the Bank briefcase and won the the World Heavyweight title. He then was injured and had to relinquish the title. They tried to give him back the belt in a stupid way by saying that if Edge used his spear in a match with Dolph Ziggler, he would be disqualified, thus giving the belt to Dolph. And that did happen. Dolph held the belt for one day and lost it immediately back to Edge. He is not a former World Heavyweight Champion in my mind then because he barely held the title for two days in all. To then send him to NXT... The way you did Finn Balor, the way you did uh, AJ Styles, I understand you want to get name recognition on that brand because you fired and killed off everybody who was a part of that, you know, segment of the company. But Dolph Ziggler is a never was. He's not a has been, he's a never was. He's never been a world heavyweight champion and now you're telling having telling me a story that he deserves to be the nxt champion uh he deserves to be a tag team champion deserves to be united states even went into champion there is no reason for him to be a world heavyweight champion however bobby Roode was next to him and caused a distraction why wasn't Rude put in this place i would have rather seen bobby Roode win the nxt title again or shinsuke nakamura or anyone else on the roster who isn't actually being pushed correctly and given the NXT title again. But we get shitty Dolph Ziggler. Now, there are two arguments that have been being made here. One, it is so that Braun could take the title back from Dolph at Stand and Deliver during WrestleMania weekend. Well, I think Braun could have defended the title at Stand and Deliver against <laughs> Dolph Ziggler one-on-one. And gotten the same reaction had he retained the title versus regaining the title. It makes no sense to hotshot the title to Dolph after Braun has held the title less than two months. And uh, Dolph Ziggler is now going to be his I told you so self. The I should have been me self and all that else bullshit that we've been hearing for years on end. It's boring. It's repetitive. Tired of it. But then there's argument number two and that the only reason uh, the title was taken off of Brown Breaker was because he's heading to the main roster. Well, isn't Dolph Ziggler a main roster star? So you took the belt off of a new uh, becoming rookie because he's going to the main roster. Put it on an old hat, uh, never was, who's on the main roster. Gee, that makes sense. (laughs) The WWE, Vince McMahon, Nick Khan, importantly, are killing anything that makes sense in NXT. Whenever anything gets good in NXT, they take it and put it on the main roster, they fire it, or they find a way to make it look like shit. Well, congratulations, putting the NXT World Heavyweight title. Yes, I call it the World Heavyweight title. Even though it may not be recognized as a world title in the WWE, to me it is a world title. You put the NXT World Heavyweight title on Dolph Ziggler. Congratulations, Vince, you fucked it up again. Number two on my list is name changes, because these bother me more than anything. There is nothing worse than watching a wrestler for anywhere from six months to a year to even longer, and you know them by one name, to have their name changed. Now, I'm not talking about a wrestler that leaves a company and goes to another company. Yes, I understand. If Adam Cole would have left his name behind in the WWE, he might have had to have been Adam Bebe, for all we know. You know, Adam Boom. John Morrison does it whenever he leaves the WWE. He's been Johnny Nitro in the WWE. He's been uh, Johnny Takeover. I'm, I'm sorry, that's Johnny Gargano. Uh, Johnny Impact, uh, uh, Johnny uh, Bravo. He's had 87 names leaving the WWE. Again, I'm not talking about when they leave one company and go to another. Talking about wrestlers like Bob Holly, who was once known as Thurman Sparky Plug for five months, and then one day walked out to the ring and goes, There's Bob Spark Plug Holly. Never mentioning him as Thurman Sparky Plug ever again. Or Al Snow with the Avatar mask on, and Shinobi and Lee Cassidy. We saw him with no mask on. Here comes Al Snow. Don't even mention anything about him that went on in the past. You want me to forget that the guy who was NXT UK champion, NXT tag team champions with Riddle, won the Dusty Cup, and had memorable matches with Walter, Ilian Dragunov, Cole, Gargano, Ciampa, O'Reilly, Hayes, and even Tony D'Angelo recently. You want me to forget that his name was Pete Dunn and now call him Butch? Well, in the same way that I will not call Walter anything but Walter, I will only call Pete Dunn, Pete Dunn on this show. I will not call him Butch because that is not his name. I don't care if they think that's some kind of marketable name. I can't imagine owning a shirt that says Butch the Bruiserweight on it. I can't imagine... A uk flag with the words butch in it selling big and i certainly can't imagine pete dunn holding a title with the name "played butch on it there's been one butch in this business well let me hold on there's been two butches in this entire wrestling business that i was aware of bushwhacker butch and the natural butch reed both were great wrestlers One was more comedic when he was in the WWF, a little more of a maniac when he was in the NWA as the Sheep Herders, and Butch Reed was an absolute badass. But Pete Dunne should have remained Pete Dunne. Once again, I say congratulations, Vince. You fucked it all up again. Why? We'll never know. But you continue to do these things. Two NXT wrestlers, titles, shows, And the company itself. Well. I'm going to make a small announcement here. If NXT continues to look like this. If the WWE product continues to look like this. Because I watched Raw and SmackDown too. There really wasn't anything on there that great. Except for Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. And Roman Reigns actually wasn't on either show. If wrestling On the WWE side of the fence. Continues to sit like this. Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. By WrestleMania. I will cover the two-night spectacular that is WrestleMania. And then I will not speak about WWE on this show ever again. I will strictly cover AEW, Rampage, Dynamite, their pay-per-views. And I'll pick another wrestling company, such as Impact or MLW, or any of the other companies that are out there, and I will review them if need be. There's been talk that AEW's ratings have gone down a little bit. Guys, sometimes people aren't home on a Wednesday or a Friday night, especially with pandemics being lifted, mass mandates, people can go places again. Yeah, gas prices are out of hand, but you know what? People are still going places. So maybe they didn't get a chance to watch it or DVR it. It's not a big deal. Ratings don't mean what they used to anymore. As long as you're watching, as long as the fans in attendance, as long as the people who are watching at home are enjoying the product, that's all that matters. So, if the WWE continues to do what they're doing, which is taking a lazy shit on my front porch and making me think that it's gold, well, then I'm going to close the door behind them and say goodbye. I'm a long-time WWE fan, over 30 years. WrestleMania six was the day that made me a fan. But if you can't keep my attention and you ain't doing anything great, I have no reason to bother anymore. But we'll see. I'm giving them, as I said, to WrestleMania Night 2. And then we'll know where we stand. Ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it for me this evening. Thank you for watching, listening, and uh, supporting If You Smell What the Arch Is Cooking and all the shows under the We Can't Wrestle and WrestleNet Radio banner. I will see you next week. Thank you as always. And until next time, If You Smell (laughs) What the Arch Is Cooking. Good night, folks.